Fantasy Show. Show Ali and Matt Marchese with you, the midweek waiver wire edition. It's a new thing we're trying out this year, where after all the games of the week are uh, in the books, we'll get you the news and notes about the games in the week that was, maybe a look ahead a little bit to the week that will be, and of course, the players that you should be targeting when waivers process, and often for people, it's via waiver priority or maybe via... Uh, free agent auction bid or fab dollars on Wednesdays. So these podcast only shows will come to you every Tuesday and we will discuss all the news and notes. Like I said, from the prior week and these waiver pickups, but Matt always fun to do these with you. And uh, again, it's a new thing we're trying out. We'll see how it goes Uh, before we get to the waiver wire pickups for uh, tomorrow, I guess for Wednesdays that you want to maybe either stash or play in week two guys. You want to monitor. There's a lot of potential names out there, but before we get to that, uh, I wanted to ask you about, it was, it was a pretty wild and wacky week one, wasn't it? Like the, I know the NFL reigns Supreme, but it kind of felt like there were some duds early on. And I dare say almost every game in week one, especially from that, that early one o'clock Eastern slate, almost all of them were, were, were absolute bangers. Yeah, it was one of those weeks where my head was just spinning. Like, I, I, I'm i trying to follow all this stuff. I'm, I'm flipping between, you know, three, four, five games at a time. And and then you get locked in on a couple. And just the games going into overtime, and, you know, and then last night's ridiculous game um, where, where Nathaniel Hackett shouldn't have oh, even got on the brutal. plane afterwards. Brutal. I mean, it was a wild week. But, for like, the one thing that kind of stood out to me is – you know, you and I had C.D. Lamb very, very high. Oh. We both had Dalton Schultz Oof. very, very high. I didn't have Dak Prescott very high, and I'm not going to start victory lapping an injury. But my goodness, that Dallas offense is like unspeakable now, unless they go out and get a veteran quarterback, and that totally diminishes the value of C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Like I think Dalton Schultz is still going to finish as a top eight tight end, just because of the volatility of the position. But in the same breath, I mean, CD lamb becomes what a a back end wide receiver two at best. Um, That was one thing that kind of got me. I think the funniest stat of the weekend, because it's a guy that both you and I are high on the whole fantasy community is high on. uh, I believe three, Seattle Seahawks tight ends had more points than Kyle Pitts this week. <laughs> like that's not going to happen again, oh, but goodness. my God, that was absolutely ridiculous. It was, uh, I think it was, let's see, it was uh will Disley certainly. And there was that one year where he was great. Then he tore his leg. It wasn't, it was like a, a really brutal like, injury. Broke his kneecap or something. Yeah. He, was, like, he broke was his crazy. knee and tore his like patella tendon, which is like an at, which is not a, the kind of injury you typically come back from, but Hey, c- kudos to him. He came back and is on the field. I think Colby Parkinson also caught a yep. touchdown. That was a, not the most fan, fantasy friendly game the Monday nighter. Although, hey, you were uh, you're pretty high on Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy did catch a what like a 67 yard touchdown on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so did. that's always uh, that's always good to see if you're a Jerry Judy owner. And the nice thing too is that Cortland Sutton wasn't completely ignored either. So it certainly looks like for now, maybe as they work out this Nathaniel Hackett problem, the Broncos still can support uh, two fantasy wide receivers. But again, it's Week One. You don't want to overreact too too much. You know, one thing that stood out to me, and I I don't know if I'm ready to one. 100% say the Giants are back, Matt. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that. I am ready to say that I feel good about Saquon Barkley. He looks far more be- far more decisive, far better than he has certainly in the last couple of years. Honestly, I, the Giants are probably still going to be a bad team this year. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, Saquon Barkley 
And the rest of that Giants offense just looks more decisive with Brian Dable out there. I, again, I don't know if this is that means they're going to really compete in the NFC East. Maybe now that the Cowboys are going to be toast, probably maybe he, maybe they do. Maybe it's Philly's division to run away with in the end. But at the end of the day, the the Giants just don't look exactly the same as they did last year, which uh, for Barkley owners, at the very least, is a good thing. Yes, Saquon was great. 18 carries, 164 yards, had the touchdown. And he had six catches for 30 yards. Um, They they ran the ball over 70% of the time. And I guess when Daniel Jones is your quarterback, um, that is... That's probably a, a, a better scenario than having him throw the ball 30 or 40 times, really control the clock. What was what really kind of stood out from that game was a little bit shocking. Kadarius Tony only played seven snaps. Um, and that was and Wandell Robinson got hurt and he left the game. So it was, you know, Sterling Shepard got some run. Richie James got some run. I mean, what what is happening here? Uh, it was it was a little bit of a mess, but you're right. Saquon was electric. He averaged 9.1 yards per carry. He had the one big run, the 68 yard run. Uh, yeah, he looks back, and and it's never been a question of talent with Saquon Barkley. It's always been a question of can he just stay healthy enough to be a valuable piece for this offense? And I guess we got our answer. He looked pretty good in Week One, and and hopefully, because you know, you and I, we both have our teams that we cheer for. But I like watching the best players play every week. Sure. And Saquon is certainly one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, look, I still think the injuries that Saquon has suffered over the years are pro- I'm not saying they're all flukes. I think injuries can be to a certain degree uh, past, you know, maybe indicators of what might come in the future, right? Past indicators are, are certain, sometimes things that point to future success for some guys. And it's kind of the opposite for injuries, but I, um, I, I certainly hope Saquon manages to stay healthy because he's a lot of fun to watch. He has tree trunks for legs. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous watching those pistons fly up and down the field sometimes. Uh, but yeah, Saquon had an absolutely great day. Why don't we get to our waiver wire pickups here on the, uh, this podcast only edition of the fantasy show. Um, is it safe to say you're not picking up any of these, those giants you just named? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I would, I would maybe, <laughs> I would maybe stash a guy like Wandale Robinson, uh, because he's not going to cost anything at this point. But I mean, I didn't put him on my list, but Sterling Shepard might be an interesting ad just because he has history with Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay doesn't look great. Like they've got to throw the ball to somebody. And I guess it's going to be Sterling Shepard. Cause it's not Kadarius Tony. Like I, maybe they're just going to throw the ball to Saquon Barkley all the time. Maybe that's the, maybe. the route for success. Yeah, maybe. I, and if that's the case, if you're a Saquon owner, cause I'm, most people are getting Saquon this year in what the like mid to late second round thereabouts, yeah. right. Ish. And uh, yeah, if that's the case, then you probably feel pretty good. Cause if you manage to snag, a top because if you're if you're a Barkley owner, I feel like what probably happened was you you were probably someone who picked in the top five, and then on the turn the next turn you were maybe able to snag Barkley depending on how your league uh, league drafted. Maybe people went w- wide receiver heavy or what have you. But yeah, I'm not I'm not super high on a lot of the uh, New York Giants uh, this at least this week. Maybe things change going forward. But uh, lay it on me. Who are some of your waiver wire pickups heading into week two? Again, wa- waivers will likely process for most leagues on Wednesday morning. You know, some leagues do it at 3 a.m. Eastern time. Some leagues do it at 8 a.m. My one, one of my leagues does it at lunchtime at 12 p.m. Eastern. So everyone does it a little differently, Matt. But for the most part, they process on Wednesdays. So here we are on Tuesday previewing the waiver pickups. Who do you got? 
So I've got a bunch, actually, just because it's one of those weeks where you learn some things about offenses that you can't learn in the preseason. And there's and there's some that are obviously injury related. So let's start out with the San Francisco running back situation. So Elijah Mitchell goes on the IR. He's going to miss, I believe, eight weeks. So the guy that you're you're looking to lock in is Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, rostered in 18% of Yahoo leagues. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. has showed in the past that he could have some boom weeks. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't go crazy on spending like, you know, I, I might spend maybe 15% of my fab budget on Jeff Wilson because there's other guys that are there. Tyron Davis Price, he wasn't, he, he didn't even dress in week one. He was a healthy inactive um he's a guy that people are looking at if you for me if you miss on jeff wilson jr i'd be looking at jordan mason undrafted he's rostered in one percent of yahoo league so he's basically free he's a bulky guy um he's a big power back and kyle shanahan likes those guys if he was he he was active in week one and tyron davis price who was drafted in the third round was not so I would have a I would have a priority on Jordan Mason just because he's a bigger bodied back. Kyle Shanahan likes those. Those are the two guys in San Francisco that I would look at. And Tyron Davis Price, the same thing. Maybe you throw a, a couple bucks of your fab budget on it, but I'm not going too crazy. And in, in in like dynasty leagues and whatever he's already taken, but redraft, I wouldn't be going too crazy on on any of those backs. Are you worried at all that in the last, I think it was in the last hour or so, the 49ers did sign Marlon Mack to the practice squad. Now, of course, I don't know how much that's going to matter for week two necessarily, but if you're going out there and spending big money on someone like Jeff Wilson Jr., does the addition of Marlon Mack give you any sort of pause? My only thing, I would lean no just because he got cut by the Texans and Damian Pierce was supposed to be um, a player that was supposed to get, remember I said I had him outside my top 20 yeah. in week one and, and Rex Burke had got the majority of the carries. Another guy who I have on my list this week, if Marlon Mack couldn't beat out those two guys, I'm just not sure that there's anything there. I just don't know if coming off the Achilles, there's anything left in the tank to be honest. All right. That's fair. And I, I think that's definitely possible. It's just, we know that, uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense loves, just loves to throw wrench in people's plans. But having said that, they do often, if they settle on one guy, they do often give that guy as many carries as he can handle. So we'll have to see if that guy will be Jeff Wilson Jr. Again, rostered in 18% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, you mentioned Rex Burkhead with the Texans, rostered in 13% of Yahoo leagues. Are you... I are you are you confident that he'll still be used enough? I only ask this in that particular way, Matt, because the Texans are still I know they tied with the Colts, which I think has got to be one of the most unlikely uh week one results maybe of the entire slate. I don't know if I don't know if how survivor pools work for every single different one. I know some some will treat that as an auto loss, some will just let you move on or what have you. But the Texans are despite the tie and despite playing the Colts pretty well. They're still not the greatest of teams, right? So I, I, 13% of Yahoo leagues for Rex Burkhead. He's a, a, a bit of a journeyman, especially after what, Cincy and then, and then New England. Do you, I don't know, do you, do you really have any faith in Burkhead being super fantasy relevant on a week-to-week basis going forward? So my thing is, is he did play 71% of the snaps. He got 19 touches, which included 14 carries. He had five catches on eight targets. And I don't think, I, I actually think that he, 
it's going to work in Burkhead's favor. And this is a PPR only ad for me because I don't think Houston's going to score a ton of points. And in, in standard leagues, I don't think that Rex Burkhead has a ton of value, but in PPR leagues, if he's going to, if, if Houston's going to be down in a lot of games, I think there's some value there with Rex Burkhead. I mean, if he's getting five or six targets a game, that there's good value there. He's going to turn it into something and he's still going to get his carries. They're not going to give Damian Pierce, you know, 20 carries a week. Listen, if there was ever a time that he was going to get 20 carries, it was going to be this past week. They managed to piss away a lead against Indianapolis, but they were up 20 to three. So there was a chance for Damian Pierce to make a, an impact and they didn't even give him the ball. So I, I just, Rex Burkhead, we talked about him as one of the guys who's going to be one of our fantasy Grinches just because, and by the way, Taysom Hill was another one. He of was. Guys uh, on our list. I can't, I can't he, believe we joked us again. We, we joked about it and then it happened. I can't believe, I, feel, I, know. I feel like we spoke it into existence almost. Yeah, we did. We did. So for me, Burkhead in, in PPR or half PPR leagues, I think there's some value there. Sprinkle a couple of bucks on that put in a waiver claim. Like if you're, if you're a little hurting at running back, like maybe you don't get Jeff Wilson, have Rex Burkhead at least in your queue so that if you don't get Wilson, maybe you get a guy like Rex Burkhead because there's not a ton in the way of running backs this week for your waiver claims. And, and that's why I think there is at least some value in Rex Burkhead. Another popular waiver pickup this week, I think will likely be Devin Duvernay, who is one of the, uh, Ravens wide receivers. He got two touchdowns. Uh, there was that really funny story about Calais Campbell, who is his teammate in Baltimore, who has Duvernay on his fantasy team, didn't start him, and then got burned because of it. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some people. I mean, 32% rostered in Yahoo leagues. That means 32% of people. I'd be curious to see what the what the division is between people who rostered him and then of those people who actually started him. I'm sure some people in like really, really deep leagues, Matt, probably did start him. But if you didn't and you're considering picking up Devin Duvernay, here, here, I, I feel like I, I can see you doing it if you're in a 14 team league and he's available on the waiver wire. Like you and I are in that work league at the fan that it's a, that's a 14 teamer. I'm, I don't know if he's owned or not in that one, but I feel like if he's not, he's going to certainly be targeted by, by someone in our work league. And I'm sure a lot of other leagues are in the same boat. I I'm a little concerned that he was he was on the field really only for two wide receiver sets. Wasn't on the field a ton for three wide receiver sets. And that when JK Dobbins returns, which could be as soon as this coming week, that usage might dip a little bit in favor of literally anyone else. I just, how confident are you that Duvernay can be relatively reliable going forward, especially in an offense that I'm not sure will pass the ball all that much. Yeah, he had, you know, he only had the four targets. He was tied with Demarcus Robinson for third in targets behind Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. Um, my thing is, this is more of a stash just to kind of see how how this progresses in this offense. This The number two wide receiver role is still up for grabs in Baltimore. And I do believe that Baltimore wants to throw the ball more. They want to keep Lamar upright. They're, I don't think they're completely sold that J.K. Dobbins is, is 100% healthy. Obviously, they're not because he didn't play this week and his workload's going to change. They didn't have a ton of success running the ball against the Jets who aren't very good. So that, for me, shows me that this Baltimore team is going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they're used to. And Duvernay could be one of those guys. He's certainly not on the top of my priority list at the wide receiver position, 
but he is a guy that does have some value. He is a guy that, you know, they've, they've talked about as maybe being the number two receiver in that offense, how fruitful that is. I don't know. I mean, he was super efficient four catches, 54 yards in the two touchdowns after outside of that, he only played, I think 52% of the snaps. So it's not as if he's dominating. Like you said, he's playing a lot of two receiver sets. So he's more of a, I want to say he's more of a wait and see, like get him on your roster. If you're in a deep league, wait and see, especially if you, you know, if, if maybe you had um, Chris Godwin that got hurt, or maybe um, you're worried about the, the, I mean, you're going to start, you're going to start CD lamp. So that part doesn't really matter. Maybe, you know, the T Higgins uh, concussion. If you have T Higgins, Keenan on your, Allen, maybe Keenan Allen is yeah. another one. Yeah. yeah. So, so those are the guys that, that I would, uh, <laughs> that I would look at. Okay. So you mentioned that he's not at the top of your waiver priority, your fab dollar bids, right? And we, I think we did talk about Jeff Wilson Jr. I dare say Jeff Wilson Jr. is probably the hottest ad this week, period. So I, we mentioned the, uh, what did you say? 15 to 18% probably of your fab budget. If that's the case, I would, I would probably yep. use your top waiver priority after week one on someone like Jeff Wilson on the off chance that he becomes a, a, a steady contributor to your team. I'd probably go maybe a little, I'm a little more conservative like this. Like if you have a hundred dollar budget for fab, I would probably go 10%, maybe, maybe to 12% thereabouts. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm more, a little more conservative like that, but beyond Jeff Wilson, you mentioned wide receivers and that Duvernay is not at the top of your list. So is there someone who is at the top of your list, wide receiver specifically, that you would spend, uh, and I don't know if I'm saying a boatload of fab dollars, but more than or as much as Jeff Wilson Jr.? So there's two guys. One of them didn't even actually play in week one, and people are probably going, okay, that sounds really ridiculous. Who could that possibly be? Um, the two guys I have on my list, I'll go with the guy that didn't play. Rondell Moore, rostered in 25% of Yahoo League's Greg Dorch, who played in his place, ran routes on 95.5% of dropbacks and had a 25% target share. They look like the same player. Short guys, fast, that can make plays. Okay, and and he was playing, Dorch was playing in the Rondale Moore role. Dorch had nine targets, which resulted in seven catches for 63 yards. Rondale Moore is the better player. Greg Dorch is just a guy that's kind of bounced around, and he had some success. I, I mean, are the Cardinals going to be down big every week? Probably not, but they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. Zach Ertz is there. We know that Hollywood Brown is there. But after that, I mean, I don't trust A.J. Green. I don't think anybody trusts A.J. Green anymore. So Rondale Moore is a guy. Put him on your roster and see how this week progresses. And if he if he is ready to play, like if he if he sheds the questionable tag early, then I would be starting him. If he doesn't shed the questionable tag, I would wait only because it's a hamstring injury and we know how quickly guys can re-aggravate that. The other guy that I'm looking at is a player that we have talked about over the years in fantasy. He could be such a great addition to any team. He just never been able to stay healthy. And he finally looks healthy. Curtis Samuel rostered in 7% of Yahoo leagues. He had 11 targets from Carson Wentz in week one. He turned it into eight catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Plus, and this is the added bonus with Curtis Samuel added four carries for 17 yards. He's the clear number two behind, behind Terry McLaurin, and he's going to be used all over the field. They're going to use him out of the slot. They're going to use him out wide. They're going to use him out of the backfield. And this, he was that, you know, gadget guy that, that we had seen used in Carolina. And then he just kept getting hurt last year. He missed basically the whole season with Washington. Now it seems like he's finally healthy and ready to contribute. 
I really like Curtis Samuel. Those are the two wide receivers that I have at the top of my list. I think I would also add in, and it's funny, I can't believe we're talking about this, but I would probably add in conversations about John Dotson, who is owned in just yep. 24% of uh, Yahoo leagues. Of course, a teammate of Curtis Samuel's in Washington. And I also, uh, Kurt, uh, Carson Wentz himself is uh, is available in a lot of different leagues. Of course, if you're like in a two QB or a super flex league, I would, da- I dare say almost every single starting quarterback, uh, maybe outside of like Davis Mills or Mitch Trubisky or, or Flacco. yeah, Flacco or Geno Smith, maybe even, I, in, and I'm sure that's going to change after last night. But apart from those guys, most quarterbacks are probably rostered, but just, I, I would definitely, even if in a one QB league, I would maybe just give a look, see at Carson Wentz and see if, you know, maybe look at some matchups there. Again, the, the commanders are not going to play the Jaguars every single week. The Jaguars are still a no, bad they get team Detroit this week. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you're, if you're streaming quarterbacks, maybe this might not be a bad option, but I do like Jahan Dotson. He had two, the two touchdowns, including the final touchdown of that game. Matt was, was a terrific catch by him, like a diving grab in the end zone, as Carson Wentz was kind of running for his life back there. I, again, I, can you expect two TDs from a rookie every single week? No, absolutely not. But I, I do think he passed the eye test and he was probably the most, one of the most exciting rookies that played last week. So, I like Jahan Dotson, uh, and you mentioned Curtis Samuel as again. So I think we're going to be adding the non Terry McLaurin receivers. Of, uh, we're going to be talking about them a little more, I think, very very soon. Um, I wanted to throw this out there to you. I, I have a couple of tight ends at or near the top of my list. I mean, look, Logan Thomas could probably be added in a couple of leagues as well. It depends on what his target share looks like going forward. And like you said, they're playing the uh, the, the Commanders are playing the uh, the Lions this coming week, and the Lions just got absolutely shredded by the Eagles. So I think you probably feel pretty comfortable starting most Washington players. But apart from Logan Thomas, I I feel pretty confident, especially with what looks like will not be a start for Keenan Allen on Thursday night football. I feel pretty confident in adding Gerald Everett this week, just 28% owned as a tight end. Sure. Could he never surpass what Jared cook did last year? It's definitely possible, Definitely possible, and it doesn't take too, too much to get you to be a top five tight end in any given week anyways, but Gerald Everett, especially, even if Keenan Allen was healthy, I wouldn't mind adding him, but with Keenan Allen suffering that hamstring strain, it doesn't sound like it's super serious, but even even so, Josh Palmer probably going to soak up some targets there for uh, for San Diego, or San Diego, for Los Angeles, but uh, I like Gerald Everett addition as well, even uh, given that you're probably streaming tight ends if you don't own you know Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or some one of the top guys. Well, especially the way week one went. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I'm gonna, I, I like the ad and, and I want to stick on that train. Um, it's somebody I didn't have on my list, but you know, now that, now that we know Keenan Allen is probably not going to play uh, Josh Palmer, the Canadian kid rostered in 21% of Yahoo leagues. I'll give you the stat here in games where Keenan Allen or Mike Williams missed last season, Josh Palmer averaged over 16 points per game. That's right. a big, big time ad for, for you. And and it's a hamstring injury. It could be longer. We don't know with these things. They're very tricky. But I do love the the Gerald Everett, uh, the Gerald Everett ad. He did score a touchdown in week one. And listen, Justin Herbert does he relies on the tight ends a little bit. Mike Williams was invisible in week one. And I do wonder how the Chiefs managed to cover the tight end position. They they lost uh, they lost uh, their first round pick, Trent McDuffie, one of their corners. So they're going to have to do some uh, some finagling with that Chiefs defense, who still managed to give up over 20 points 
to the Cardinals. Um, I think you had one more tight end, and then I have one more wide receiver. Yeah, let's get to one more tight end on my on my end, then you can give me your wide receiver. Uh, I wanted to just put this out there. 24% owned Robert Tunyon with the Green Bay Packers. The Packers offense looks terrible. It doesn't look great. Uh, certainly, it certainly feels like uh, after that game, Aaron Rodgers probably, uh, you know, driving around calling Devontae Adams, please come back to Green Bay. But at the same time, I, uh, I I do think that Robert Tunyon is someone who has Aaron Rodgers' trust. And I know he didn't make a huge, huge impact in, a, in a, what was a relatively big loss for the Packers at the hands of their division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. Having said that, if they can't get anything together relatively soon, and I'm sure Dubs or Watson or Watkins or one of these guys is going to step up. In the meantime, this is a guy who prior to the injury last season, the year before, was all over the place in the red zone, clearly has Rodgers' trust. How do you feel about owning Tunney? And I'm not saying blow a lot of fab dollars or waste a very high priority on him, but given the way tight ends are, again, in the same conversation about Everett and maybe Logan Thomas, he, he can be valuable, especially if, you, if you're trying to roll out a Cole Komet or an Irv Smith Jr. or someone like that. Yeah, Robert Tunyon played 36% of snaps, but I'm not concerned about that snap total only because he's coming off of an injury, coming off of an ACL, and that's that's not that's not insignificant. So I, I like the Tunyon ad. You're right; he's one of the few guys that actually has some rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and that offense really needs a kick in the pants. I'm not too concerned about the offense because we saw this last year. Um, the Packers got their doors blown off by the Saints in week one, and then Aaron Rodgers went on to win the MVP. Not saying he's going to win the MVP, but he didn't become bad overnight. I think the Christian Watson drop early kind of irked him, and that didn't help. But listen, this we knew this was going to be a work in progress. It wasn't going to be perfect. But I do like the Robert Tunyon ad just because there's a lot of upside there and what I think can be a pretty explosive offense once it's all said and done. I am curious to see how the Green Bay offense is quote unquote fixed. And I, I still, I do think that Tunyon is going to be to a degree a part of that. But again, at, at a relatively low ownership, you're probably going to be streaming tight ends again, if you don't have a, a Kelsey or a Waller or, I mean, Kittle didn't play because of the injury, but if you have Kittle, maybe you were looking for someone to fill in for Kittle. Um, I, I do still believe in Cole Komet. Generally speaking, I don't think you should drop Komet just quite yet. That game against the 49ers was on like that. The water was so it was so crazy that there's the clip and, and the, the, the video right after that game where Fields and the rest of the Bears would go. And it, lo- it literally looked like they were on a slip and slide as they would dive on the field on their chest. So I, the, the conditions is what I'm, are what I'm saying is or were terrible. They were absolutely terrible on Sunday. So if the Bears get to play in, in not a complete monsoon, I'd like to think that Cole Komet might be slightly more valuable. Dare I say most of the top Bears options like Darnell Mooney as well. So don't give up on the Bears offense just yet. But if you are looking for some tight end reinforcements, I don't mind any of Gerald Everett, Logan Thomas, or Robert Tunyon. Okay, Matt, give me your last wide receiver pick, and then we'll make it. We'll get, we'll get out of here. All right. I know I mentioned this guy on the show on Sunday. I know you'll remember it because I talked about him. I'm very high on this guy. Um, Kyle Phillips is the starting slot receiver in Tennessee in an offense where Robert Woods is still working his way back. Traylon Burks. You know, he's, his offseason was very interesting. Kyle Phillips had six catches for 66 yards, including a big one near the end of the game. Ryan Tannehill seeks out the slot position as much as any quarterback in the NFL. Phillips had a 29% target share 
and he ran routes, I think, on only 60% of dropbacks. His target share percentage per route run was something like 48%. So when he's on the field, Ryan Tannehill is looking his way. Kyle Phillips is absolutely a guy that you should roster. Could be a sneaky, under-the-radar guy in PPR leagues. Not, I'm not adding him in standard, but certainly PPR and half PPR leagues. You know, six catches for 66 yards in your NFL debut. Not too shabby. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, of a, a more slight Wes Welker. And that could prove very fruitful in an offense that I don't know how good they're going to be. But Ryan Tannehill certainly likes that slot receiver position. He really does. He he really, really does. It, it certainly looks like he looked away from some other guys as well. And I mean, he also looked at a lot at Dontrell Hilliard. I don't know how much that's going to stay, stay the case necessarily with the running back and so on, but, but still the Titans uh, did look that guy's way quite often, not, not in the way of Burks or, and Woods as much as we thought at the very least, I'm sure that'll change again. You don't want to under or overreact too too much in week one, but I like the pickup um, before we get out of here. I, I just want to sneak one last one in for you. Uh, Matt, if your game um, kickers, how much should you be spending on a kicker when it comes to waiver pickups? Because I, I'm in this dilemma myself, and I'm sure some people are as well. You know, again, kickers are so boomer bust. I kind of like personally the kind of almost randomness that kickers bring to fantasy football. Having said that, uh, I like if you have Harrison Butker, for example, Harrison Butker had to be carted off the field. He did come back, but I mean, maybe there he, he's going to have a questionable tag attached to him probably for the next month, if not the rest of the year. If you choose to get rid of Butker or you just wanted to get a different kicker because they're, they're underperforming. I feel like the sweet spot for kickers, generally speaking, is not even always the best offenses. It's the, it's like offenses that are good enough to get to the red zone and then stall out. And the Falcons kicker young way who I mean, certainly young way has been good for a couple of years now. It's just that last year, the offense was so bad. He just wasn't given the opportunity to kick many field goals while the Atlanta offense looks way more competent than it did. I feel like in one week than it did at any point in 2021. Are you buying what young way is selling? If you're looking for a new fantasy kicker. I mean, yeah, he's been one of the better kickers in fantasy. I'm certainly not going to spend more than maybe a dollar on a kicker just because it's such a it's like relief pitchers in baseball it's such a volatile position for right. the year i mean look at how many bad kicks were missed this past weekend oh my like goodness terrible kicks yeah you know and and like a guy like evan mcpherson who you think is pretty much automatic is missing basically a chip shot for him to end the game so i'm not spending a ton on those types of guys but yeah young way is absolutely a guy that i would be looking at what about Cade york Yes, Cade York. Um, talk about an offense that's going to stall. That Browns offense looks like it's going to stall as long as Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. And I, I'm fine with that. Um, Cade York is, he, listen, they spent draft capital on him. That doesn't happen all the time in the NFL. So obviously they saw something in him. Uh, another guy that, that I would absolutely keep my eye on. Also, maybe you were someone who rostered uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, who was released by the Colts earlier today. So I like that. What I'm saying is it's not like there's no reason to not to be talking about fantasy kickers after week one. I, I feel like probably you're probably right in that. It's probably unlikely that people would need fantasy kickers, but still, I just wanted to see if we could cover that off really quickly. But yeah, I, I think like I might, I might go to the young way coup route just because 
who knows, right? I mean, I mean, I'll probably be cycling kickers the entire year. I don't know if I ever told you this, but the last place punishment in uh, one of my home leagues, I've been in this league for about like 15, 16 years. One of the punishments is that you have to buy the kicker, uh, buy the jersey of your kicker if you finish in last place. And you, you're not allowed to like roster churn. So it's like whoever whoever you had at the moment the playoffs begin. And like there are a lot of times where and our, our league in particular has to do with the uh, playoff bracket. So it's not who finishes last in the regular season. It's who finishes last in the actual playoff bracket. So you really have to like be bad slash lose a lot of games to fit in order to finish last. And uh, I think I told you this before, but Kaimi Fairbairn's Jersey has been purchased quite a lot. Yeah. I, that's not a Jersey I would want to wear proudly. I can say that. Yeah. For certain. <laughs> yeah I, 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 it's, it's definitely not a Jersey that are the particular winners of that or maybe particular losers of that uh, last place game uh, want to wear. But uh, yeah, Hey, we are going to be doing these waiver picks, these uh, look backs to a brief look backs. Let's call it uh, two weeks prior every Tuesday. And uh, we'll put these podcast only versions of the show out for you uh, every Tuesday as well. Prior to waivers, and all the processing that goes along with it on Wednesdays. But this was fun, Matt. Um, I guess I'll look forward to talking to you on Sunday for some more start sits. And of course, everyone's text messages. Yeah. Sunday's going to be fun week two. I'm sure there's going to be nothing crazy that happens before that in the Thursday nighter between the chargers and chiefs. Absolutely. It's going to be a wild one again. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe no Keenan Allen. We'll have to monitor the status of Butker and some other guys. I think Patrick Mahomes, he was dinged up a little bit, but he basically said he's going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to play. So that's going to be a good one. A good division matchup on Thursday. We'll talk to you on Sunday. That's Matt Marchese. I'm show Ali. You've been listening to the fantasy show on the sports Dent radio network.